Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Lola and Blair? Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, I didn't think I'd actually get on here. I didn't think anyone would ever call, so we're just a couple of people on the phone. On a, we're just a couple of people on a phone call that we never thought we would be on. Lola and Blair, it says here, uh, and, okay, it says here that you believe that one of your roommates slept with Lola's dad. And at first yeah. when I read that, I was like, okay, this is, you know, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, how can you be so sure? But then it also says here that that Lola found evidence on her dad's phone to make her believe this. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's hear, um, let's, let's hear this story. Lo- Am I talking to Lola or Blair? All right. Yeah, talking to both of us. I put you on speaker. So Almost I'm Lola. Put me, put me, um, who, because I hear one of you guys is faint in the background and one of you guys is pretty front and center. Let's put Lola front and center. Have her hold the phone and Blair can, can hover over it. Because I feel like this All right. is, is, is Lola's story to tell, at least in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. This is a little bit of a doozy, I admit. So, um, tell me, what's going on, Lola? Okay, so, I recently transferred to college, and this is my first time having roommates. So, I have um, five other roommates, well, technically sweet mates, but I room with one person. And so, the person that I room with, Blair, I... You know, I told her the entire story because one of our other sweet mates, Olivia, she, uh, it's a little complicated. I don't know what exactly happened to trigger everything. Like maybe, like, I was totally nice to her. I don't think I did anything bad. To well, her. hold on, hold I on, mean, hold on. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, skip to sort of the, I want to skip to what we know. Okay, so so it's you. How many people live in this in this place? Okay, so I live with Blair, and then there is two rooms 
um, that are single rooms. So one person just lives in that room. And then there's another room at the end and that has two other people in it. And we share a bathroom, a shower, and okay, a Okay, okay. Well, hold uh, on. So, 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 Olivia is the one that you believe slept yes. with your dad. Yes. Okay, yeah. so what is it that makes you... You said you found something on your dad's phone to make you believe that Olivia slept with him. What is it that you found on his phone that made you believe that? So it was Olivia's phone. I um, So I was on her phone because um, I think I was just on Snapchat or something. I asked to borrow her phone for... You know, I forgot, but so I was on her phone. That's just it. And all of a sudden, like, a message pops up, and it's, like, heart emojis or something. But, you know, I click on it, because you know what? I'll admit, I'm a little nosy. So I click on it, right? And the contact name is something, like, baby or, like, heart emojis, you know, something cheesy and corny, whatever. Sure, sure. And... And, you know, I click on it. I'm like, who is this guy? Maybe I know him. So I click on it and I recognize the number. And it's my dad's number. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, something. I'm like, obviously something's up. So I scroll through the messages. And I'm saying, like, there's a lot of, like, I miss you can't wait to see you next week uh, heart emojis some little inappropriate comments and so i mean olivia and my dad they've met before because you know for moving my dad you know came up to the dorm introduced himself to my roommates um but i didn't notice anything weird i don't know how they got each other's numbers don't know that's the only thing that, you know, I can think of that, you know, they met on move-in day to really, like, you know, exchange numbers. Um, maybe he came up once after that, like, um, but I didn't see them interact at all. I don't know. Just something is fishy. And I told Blair all of this. But we did put our phone numbers up just because we all admit it was, like, on the first day. We all decided we should put each other's phone numbers up on. We have, like, a little, like mini marker board on our fridge so we each mm. all did that so you so think honestly, maybe so like- so we think we think maybe lola's dad got olivia's number from this whiteboard where everyone has their phone numbers yeah up. maybe he like noticed her and was attracted to her and then okay decided so to somehow. so 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 we have so you so 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 if what you're saying is correct you have evidence not necessarily evidence that they have met up and they have slept together and all this and all that but you have evidence that they are in uh, you know, a form of flirtatious romantic sexual contact. I, I didn't. I was dumb. I didn't take screenshots with my phone. I, well, like, forgetting about well, forgetting about screenshots. We're not talking about hard evidence here. I'm just saying you've seen it for yourself. Yeah, I've seen it for myself. Like my eyes. okay. So, I so have you talked to your dad about this? I have not. I don't know how I would talk to him or my roommate. Like, it, you know, I don't know too much about my parents' marriage. I, um, you know, I, 
I admit, I don't really have like the best relationship with them. So I don't really know what's going on. Like, I don't know, maybe they're open marriage. I don't know. And um, so I'm just really like confused as to like what to do now. Like, what hmm. do I say something to my roommate, to my dad, to my mom? Do I just keep my mouth shut? Are, like, your, pa- are your parents married? About... They are married, but I don't know if they're, like, you know, really, like, thinking about getting a divorce. Because I don't huh, think okay. my dad is that kind of man, really. Well, listen... I mean, how are you... Okay, so in in response to you not knowing what to do about this, how do you feel about the situation as a whole? Like, what are your thoughts about your dad sleeping with your roommate? How does that make you feel? What do you think about it? You know, I mean, what's your your take on it? How does it make you feel? Uh, Think about it. before Before we think about what you should do. I honestly don't feel good about this. I really tried not to think about it at all because it's just it's so like such a big issue. I don't know like how to feel. Like obviously this is wrong. Obviously something needs to be said or happened or I don't know. But I obviously this is not my situation. I don't know. Hmm. You said your you said your relationship with your with your parents is already not uh uh you're not super close with them. Yeah, I I'm not super close with them. You know, it's just it's not that you know we hate each other. It's just not like a good relationship. You know, I just felt like. You know, I was just living with them, and they were just not really, not really there for me. So you know, I was just kind of happy do, to get out of the house. Do you want? Do you want to get involved with this? No, I don't. I feel like okay. a good idea is just to like forget whatever happened. Okay, and um. You know, but I feel like the right thing is to say something. Hmm. So I don't know if I should be selfish hmm. and not say anything. Hmm. Or like possibly ruin like my relationship with my roommate and with my family. <laughs> I, I don't think you need to worry about ruining your relationship with uh with your roommates. You know, I think she sort of made her own bed, but um it's interesting because you very you you and the reason why I was asking you about your thoughts is because you you appear not to be reacting very viscerally to this. And when I ask you if you want to get involved with this, you need your your gut reaction to say no. You don't want to get involved with this, but you feel like you have a moral obligation to. And I don't know. I'm not going to this 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 phone call will end without me telling you what to do because I don't really have an opinion on what you should do. But I don't know. I don't know if I don't know um 
what your moral obligation is in this, uh, or if you have any obligation at all. But I don't know. I hope I hope that talking about it at least got you to like sort of consider your feelings about it and your feelings about it not just in terms of you know some sort of objective moral standard that you're trying to hold yourself against and also just to your own personal perspective on the situation and you know sort of using all of that to inform uh, whether or not you decide to get involved Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've actually known this, or I found the message a couple weeks ago, and immediately I talked to Blair about it, and, you know, we've been keeping, like, an eye on Olivia, and I haven't, like, Here's what I will say, here's, he will be, he will be, he will be, he will be sort of my last, uh, thoughts about this is, you say you're keeping an eye on Olivia, you're kind of turning it into some kind of spy game, and it's like... The only thing I, I, I if, if, if I had to give some sort of advice here, I would say to you, figure out what, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Stick to a plan, right? Because if you don't want to get involved, if you really don't want to get involved, you feel like it's just going to like mentally fuck with you to get involved, then don't get involved. If you do want to get involved and you feel like you should get involved, you feel like you're morally obligated to get involved, whatever your reason is, then get involved. But sitting on the fence about it doesn't feel like the right move to me, at least. But I'm also happy to hear that it seems like you've got a good friend to talk about all this stuff with that um, is closer to the situation. So, you know, cherish each other's nasty hood and whatnot. But uh, thank you for sharing, uh, Lola and Blair, and good luck to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'll update you if anything happens. Hello? Hello. Is this Travis? Yeah, this is Travis. Hi, Gek. How's your night going? Uh, um, how's my night going? Um, Was that a bird? It's going pretty Mine is going pretty good. Um, Travis, it says here that uh, you're trying to figure out whether or not you're a furry. Yes, that is correct. And I figured, like, I don't really know any furries. Like, none of my friends are furries. Or if they are, I don't know it. So you're kind of like the next best option I have, because I, I believe you're a man wearing a gecko suit. I, I've, I've also heard you're a real gecko. I'm getting kind of, like, conflicting reports. Um, but I figure, you know, I don't know if you're a furry, but I figure you might have some unique perspectives for me. Yeah, well, I, it's funny you ask this, because I, I have an interesting relationship with this, where, like, I don't identify with, uh, I don't identify myself as a furry. Uh, I don't take any part in any kind uh, in the furry culture or the furry community. Um, I, I really have nothing to do with furries, but it is undeniable that I am a person wearing an animal costume right now. So there really isn't all that much of a difference between me and them. I, I cannot create any wall of artificial... Um, uh, difference between us, but enough about me. Yeah, well, you I, think you might be a furry. Why do you think you might be a furry? I think it's kind of like a, a lot of little things over time that have been like building on each other. 
Um, like I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed, you know, like media and content that involves anthro animals, but I never really yeah. like more than the average person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of little things adding up that I'm like, now I'm like, could I be a furry? Am I a furry? And I'm like trying to kind of interrogate that question, you know, like I would mm-hmm. feel more at peace if I could be like definitively yes or, you know, maybe not. Um, but I've, I've got, you know, I could, I could elaborate on that, that timeline if that helps. Mm. Okay. So you think because you watch a lot of media and content with, uh, anthropomorphic animals that you might be a furry. Well, here's what we, here's what we have to do first. And we could look at this from many different perspectives. One is, this this whole thing of am I a furry or am I not? Why do you need to label yourself? And it's a legitimate question. You might have a legitimate desire to label yourself. Because from what I gain about the furry community, the pro of being a part of the furry community is that you're a part of a community of people who like the same thing that you like. Same as a guy wearing a, 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 a L.A. Dodgers jersey and going to the games and hanging out with other sports fans. It's all it's all the same thing, right? Just identifying with something and being a part of a community of other people that identify with that thing. Why? Is that is that what's attractive to you? Yeah, yeah. That identification? Yeah, so I think... Being part of the community? I think it's uh, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm riding this train or I realized I'm on this train and I, you know, maybe I woke up from a nap. I don't have the itinerary. I don't know what stop I was going to get off on, you know, and I, so I don't know if I was trying to, like, get up on the stop where I am, you know, like I consume a lot of this content um, and that's cool. Or like if I could be getting off on a stop or like, should I go to some conventions? Should I buy a fursuit? You know, like I don't think the identity is important to me, but. As I've been considering this, you know, I've been like watching some documentaries and like trying to wrap my head around the subculture. And I'm like, it does seem kind of fun. And furries seem kind of like some rad people, you know, like maybe I would jive with that. But I think I'm kind of just wondering, like, how deep should I dive here? You know, like, should I should I go to a furry convention when the pandemic's less of a thing? You know, see if I'm actually into that. Um, I don't know. I also, you know, I just think it's. I, th- I think it's just it's a fun it's fun strand to follow. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I see no da- I mean, I see no downside to if you are curious, if you think that you might jive with other people into the subculture, then go to the conventions, watch, join the subreddits, get involved in the community. I don't, I don't. The only, the only downside it's not a real downside is if let me ask you are you afraid are you afraid of identifying as a furry are you afraid of being judged or ridiculed i mean i wouldn't say i'm afraid of it but it's definitely like something i think about because i think like part of the question of like you know am i a furry am i not is i've realized like some of the stuff that stirred up these questions is more like me having conversations with people who are like shitting on furries and then I realized I have like a knee-jerk reaction to kind of like defend furries or be like, yeah. you know, like, what are you saying here? Um, and I'm already queer, so like I'm already used to kind of just like not really giving a fuck what normies think I should or shouldn't be into. And I think maybe sure, like that totally. knee-jerk reaction is partly like, you know, siding with the underdogs. Um, totally. 
but it is kind of weird because it's like as far as you know the extent of being queer it's like most of my friends are not weird about that at all but like some of my good friends are weird about the furry shit you know it's like i don't know if you've seen beastars right it's kind of a furry anime um it's a good fucking show and i know some people who are like oh i'm not gonna watch that because it's like a furry show and i'm like it doesn't like i, I know people who are like afraid to watch content that is fucking good because they want to distance themselves from what could be considered a furry thing and it's like a weird uh, it's a weird thing for me because like I haven't actually caught a lot of shit for being queer, but I'm like, oh, I have friends that would throw shade if I was a furry. So it's it's kind of mm. strange. Mm. Well, I mean, Travis, Travis, I think that you, I mean, you sound like a guy who uh, is pretty good at not caring what other people think about him, and I think you should take that shit to the bank. That's a good life to live. That's a good headspace to be in. And goddammit, go to one of these furry conventions. I see no downside. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think I will. When I'm not going to get COVID again. <laughs> see, that's that's the other thing is I don't actually have a fursona. And I don't know, like, you know, so I feel like I've kind of got my foot in the door, you know, but I'm not all the way there. And I don't, I don't think I'm, like, necessarily trying to, like, decide i you know i, I don't know um, i have like a key through me of like a raccoon um but i don't a think raccoon all right look you know because here's the thing here's the thing i'm not a furry i don't think i'm an, i actually I, I would consider going to convention just to like do some interviews or something that'd be fun but um objectively running around in a big old raccoon costume sounds kind of fun and oh, I think yeah. that you should not um, reprive yourself of that experience if it is an experience that you um, wish to partake in. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think you're right. And also, yeah, someone else asked you in the past, uh, someone's asked you before if you go in the furry conventions and that's you. I think you should do that. Yeah, I would consider it just to do like some streams or something. I think that'd be pretty fun, but... Um... We'll see. I'll see you at the next one, Oliver. Take care. No, oh, crap. I called you Oliver. Why'd I yeah, call you yeah. Oliver? I haven't talked to a different Oliver. Mm. All right. We'll, we'll cut that. You know, the screener right, got my name wrong, too, so it's all good. It's just a thing tonight. Have a good night. Here's the thing. It, the, all, these thing they all, all these things, they all serve the same function. Intramural flag football, Dungeons and Dragons, cryptocurrency, furries, Marvel Comics, Lacrosse, uh, Spelling Bees—they're—they're all—they all do the same. Bowling groups—it's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's just people who like the same thing getting together and talking about it and being about it, and it's fine. What what bothers is me all the time is that people will like rip on individual things when the underlying theme of all of these groups is the same. It's just different ways to bring people together. Hello. Hello. Uh, hi, is this Baby Bear? Yes, this is Baby Bear. Baby Bear, it says here that you have been exploring hypnosis with your partner? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I have... 
Well, first of all, um, it's only been an idea. So I've actually been exploring pup space with my partner. Um, I feel like I resonate um, with being a pup. I've come to find that out within the last like six months or so. And so with that, sometimes I don't want to think and I don't want to be an adult and I just want to be a pup. So along with that, my boyfriend um, had suggested uh, hypnosis um, to kind of help me put me more into that space. And um, so I, I'm kind of like nervous to kind of delve into it. I'm not entirely sure why, but um, I don't even, yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of nervous. So you are not interested in, so, so you are interested in the abandonment for at least a momentary bit of time of your human senses and your human brain Mm -hmm. into a dog-like state via hypnosis. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I already kind of like do it, like my characteristics kind of line up with it already, like part of my personality. And I feel like um, with hypnosis, that would just take it like a step further. And um, I listened to this podcast the other day and this guy's name's Case Kenny, and uh, he said something that really stuck with me, and it said, never stop chasing your curiosity. And I felt that was more powerful than don't ever stop chasing your dreams, because that can be, like, really scary for people and, like, um, very almost, like, broad. Um, so, and when he said that, I was like, well, if I'm curious about it, I should just do it. But at the same time, I just, I feel like, not necessarily have reservations, I just, I don't know what I'm stepping into. And what is appealing to you about becoming a dog? Um, being carefree, uh, getting out of overthinking all the time. And um, I deal with bipolar. Um, so, like, when I get into my low, it can last a lot longer than when I'm on my highs. Um, and I feel like kind of escaping not even necessarily escaping but just kind of flipping that switch and being just the more carefree carefree playful don't really care what people think about me um if i want to wag my tail wiggle my butt i want to be able to do that to show that i'm happy um you know and just kind of almost like a, a healthier escapism than um kind of derailing into my negative thoughts or that kind of negative space Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I absolutely see where you're coming mm-hmm. from. When I look at dogs, they absolutely seem significantly happier than humans. Very present, very in the moment, mm-hmm. not thinking about the past, yes. not thinking about the future, merely focused on the life that they are living at the current second that they are living it and i can see what is attractive about that headspace Mm -hmm. tell me what is the process of this hypnosis look like um well i'm a beginner so i don't really know 
fully all the details yet or um, would really know how to like confidently or be able to explain it exactly maybe how it would be because I feel like if I I don't want to give any misinformation but it's different for everybody um, I feel like for me personally it would be maybe like a word that would trigger like let's say high pup right and that would like take me from being because my name is Brianna being Brianna to being pup um, and then just kind of being in that space for a while where I'm just a pup like not even necessarily like a dog that's just kind of chill but like just just a cute little fun carefree pup um, and then being in that space for a while with my partner of course um, and because uh, you know he accepts me for that and he's helped me to explore that more um, so that's I don't know if I'm just kind of rambling uh, and didn't really answer your question, but um, no. So you're so you're um, trying to that's kind of hypnotize yourself to a point where your partner can say a phrase and it will bring you into this mm-hmm. state of mind. So then I have another question: Are you afraid yeah. of the possibility that you will be permanently hypnotized into a pup and that you will lose Brianna? Um, kind of, um, let's see, like, I do have some reservations, um, in, in that sense, like, and I know that my partner wouldn't do this because I completely trust him, but at the same time, I kind of have, like, just, like, this little thought in the back of my head, like, because I've seen different movies and shows and stuff where, like, people get put under hypnosis, maybe not even knowing it, or they do, and they think it's for a different that it, their, the intention behind it is different. And then being um, um, uh, manipulated or tricked into being hypnotized to be doing other things that weren't consented. Um, I think that's kind of where it... But, um, but I'm not talking about the idea that you yeah. get hypnotized into something else. I'm talking about the idea that you get hypnotized mm-hmm. into being a dog, but mm-hmm. your partner is unable to hypnotize you back into being... You said your name was. You said your name was Brianna. Yeah. Uh, uh, unable into um, being yourself, and so you are permanently a dog. How? I mean, how does that sound to you? Um, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, but if I think about it from the perspective of you know, I have to think about my adult responsibilities as well. And like, like my job and, you know, there's like, there's, those are the things that I have to take care of in my life. But if I was to a point where I was, I had financial freedom and I had enough money to just be comfortable for the rest of my life, which I plan on doing uh, at some point in time, working towards that for sure, uh, to where I would just be able to chill at home, then maybe it wouldn't be uh, necessarily a bad thing. But I don't know if I would want to be in that space permanently. Because um, I, I want to have that sense of being back as Brianna because I want to be able to keep learning and growing. I don't want that to be the only thing that um, I am, if that makes sense. I agree with you that I also one day would love to be rich enough to be a dog. <laughs> that would be great. 
Thank you very much for calling, Brianna. Good luck to you. Thank you. That actually sounds like a pretty good life. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I'm a gecko. I'm a banana. All right. I have a story that kind of scarred me. This was told me about a year ago. I, I promise this is not pranking. I promise this is a true story. I, I'm looking in the chat. Somebody said this was a prank. I promise oh, well, this is a 100% true story. Banana. banana, do me a favor. While you are, yes, while we're on the phone, while we're on the phone together, do me a favor. Try not to uh, look at the chat. Okay. 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 I got you. I got you. Beautiful. I'm sorry about um, that. No, no worries, man. What's um, what's up? What's uh, what did you want to say? Okay, so I was going to my buddy's house to go pick up some stuff, and well, uh, he asked if he could go get some McDonald's with his girlfriend since they didn't have a car. So you know, I left my stuff there because this is going to be a quick ride. We're going to go back, come back. You know, I'll get my stuff and go back home. Well, we get back to his where the place he was staying. And his roommate's girlfriend locked the door because she was going to Walmart. Well, they didn't have a way in, and my stuff was inside, so I couldn't wait. Or, I mean, I, I had to wait to get my stuff. And so we were, you know, just telling stories. Well, he told me about how he had an ex-girlfriend that he got pregnant, and they didn't have the money to afford for an abortion. So he told me about he grabbed the, uh, they had to use a coat hanger and he said that he could feel the uh, coat hanger going up and he could feel it scrambling the baby. And that shit pretty, like, kind of fucked me up, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm all about abortions because that's free, you know, free rights to everybody. But, like, how you gonna tell somebody that shit? Hmm. This was your, this was something that happened to your friend? Yeah, no, he did that. Like, he did that himself. Like, he told me he could feel the... The, like the coat hanger, you know, you straighten the coat, the coat hanger out. He, he said he could feel it penetrate the fetus, and he could feel it scrambling and shit. Wow. I promise this is not a joke, but like this shit is kind of fucked up. So you said that this this well, so interesting. So you say that this story scarred you? Yeah. I mean, if the story, if if the the third party account of it scarred you, I I uh, cannot imagine how how your friend felt. I mean, uh, you're right about that, but he did it, he he did it for a reason, so he must have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It says but here. Like, it says here. Um. No, go ahead. You 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 were you were you were going to say something. No, you can go ahead. That was, I was no, going to say something ahead. stupid. No, say the stupid thing. I kind of don't want to because it's stupid. It says here that uh, you have a story about getting locked out of your friend's house. Is this the same story, or are these two different stories? Uh, that's the same story. Because we got locked out of uh, his buddy's house because I had to wait on wait to get my stuff that was inside of there. But I mean, my life's kind of 
kind of all whack, but I'm not going to lie. If you you want to hear some other stories? Sure. Why do you say that your life is whack? Um, so, so how, how much can I go with saying on here? Um, I mean, look, as long as you're not saying anything like, you know, well, what, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me the arena the, the, of, of what you would like to say. The, the FBI is not going to come raid my house if I tell you my life right now, will they? What exact, well, give, give me the arena. What, what area, what topic of, um, um, I, I, I make some stuff. I ain't gonna lie. I, I kind of, uh, I, I, I beat around the bush and kind of fuck some people over. But okay. they all still buy my shit. Okay, you beat so around the like, bush. You say you make some stuff and you and you fuck some people over. In, in, in what way and in, in whatever amount of detail you're comfortable providing do you, do you fuck people over? Well, um... Do you do you know anything about like psychedelics? Not a whole lot. Well, you know how like the uh, there's like LSDs like on those tiny papers. Yep. Well, you can buy those tiny papers on Amazon by like a sheet for like twenty five dollars. Well, instead of making LSD, there's something called LSA. It's so simple to make. Well, I found a way to get it onto the papers and gives you like a like a like a decent trip and so i sell it really cheap but it's really cheap to make so i'd be like flipping my money and when you sell it do you pass it off as if it is lsd yeah i sell it as lsd what does lsa mean uh I honestly cannot tell you that. I feel like lysergic acid, but don't take me up on that. I'm pretty sure it's not lysergic acid. You get you you get it from the seed. The seeds are legal. The process to make it is literally the seeds and water. Okay. And when you say you fuck people over, do people come back to you upset with you about this? Uh, no, because uh, if you get actual LSD, you can sell it for fifteen a hit where I'm at. So I sell these for five dollars a hit, or three hundred for a hundred of them. Okay. So like, I, I just pass it off as like really bad LSD. Okay. And. But um, but uh, you can go on YouTube right now and learn how to make it, and you can go on there and learn how to make DMT too. Which I don't know if you know what DMT is. So, tell me, you say your life is... Ah, uh, fuck, I forget if I'm putting words in your mouth, but you said your life is fucked up. Yeah, I think this is pretty fucked up, what I do. Okay, so... I'm not... I, what? I was going to say, I'm not really happy with what I do. Okay. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, 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 it's fine. So you're not happy with what you do. Is is there anything that you could think of that, that you would rather be doing? Well, I already work 
uh, 40 hours a week, so this is sort of like a side thing. And I just enjoy doing it. But I know it's, like, bad. Oh, bro, bro, what? Okay, okay, I just now remember what happened. What happened to me, like, two months ago. You will not believe this. I thought I was going to jail for life. I'm, can I can I tell the story? Yeah, but I, I want to I wanna real quick, because I don't want to lose this. You said that you're not happy with what you do. Um, but yet you say you enjoy doing it, so you just like. Well, I, 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 because I'm try, I'm try, it puts I'm a lot of heart of like, my. It hurts my family. That's 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 one real big reason why I hate doing this. Okay, so it hurts your family, um, but you say that you like doing it, but it's something that has pros and cons to it in your eyes. Yes. Like I don't okay, think anybody are, should do this. Okay, what are the what are the pros for you? Making money? Uh pretty much just making money. That's all about about it. Mm-hmm. And in what ways does it hurt your family? Um they're just against it. They don't like anything about doing it. They've been sober for about thirty years. And I just feel like it's bad that I'm doing that shit. Have you... I'm just curious. Have you made any attempt at all to stop doing this? Um, about 2018, I got robbed of two ounces from a guy that I knew from, like, the second grade. I moved away from that school in, like, 10th grade. And I figured, you know, he wouldn't fuck me over, well... He actually fucked me over, and well, that kind of made me stop for a minute. But I sort of just got back into it. Cause you know, I, I, so, I I'm not gonna lie, I so weed too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone to any kind of like actual counselor type of person who you think might be able to help you? you I am I am I, I don't know if I've uh, disclaimed this to you but I am not an actual I I am nothing more than um a man in a gecko costume but if you yeah, do have therapy gecko but if you do have a genuine desire to quit <laughs> I would, as always, recommend that you seek some form of legitimate, legitimate help. What was the thing that you wanted to tell me that happened to you two months ago? Um, me and my buddies, we all left our house because they had to go to the gas station and go get wraps. Well, we were just going to get wraps, so we didn't carry nothing on us. Well, as soon as we leave out their house, go down the street... There's a cop sitting right across the street. So, you know, we turn right. As soon as we get down a little down the road, the cop pulls out. Well, we get down to our gas station. You know, the cop blue lights us, so we get pulled over. Well, because he knows the people in the car, and he said that he smelled marijuana, he said that he could... Uh, he told me to get out of the car, and I got out. I was straight with him. I told him, you can search the car. There's nothing in there. 
And so I let them search the car. They didn't find nothing. Well, I'm, I had gel tabs, the gel LSD, and I had paper LSD on me right there. Like real stuff, not fake. Well, I shit you not, when they searched that car, another cop came. They searched that car again. They found it. He brought that up, pointed it right in my face. He was like, what are these? I told him they were stamps. You lick them and you put them on there. And he looked at them and they're like, these are stamps? I've never seen stamps like this before. He was like, I'm going to have to go do a little more research on these. So he takes them, you know, goes back to his car. I'm still standing there thinking, oh, man, I'm about to go to fucking jail for life. Because one tab is apparently like a uh, manslaughter charge or something or like like conspiracy against the government. I had uh, eight of them. So I was like, oh, fuck, bro, I'm gone. But uh, he comes, he tells me to go over there. He was like, these aren't acid stamps, are they? Because I looked up uh, stamps, and that's the slang word for acid. I was like, no, they're just stamps. You look them and put them on the envelope. He was like, he was like, okay, I'm going to take your word on that. I'm going to take it to the uh, lab and test them. If anything comes back, we're going to come and get you. I was like, they're just stamps. Well, let alone, he, he let me go. I like, dude, I shit my pants. He let me go. I sat back in my car. But literally, the paper tabs were sitting on my front seat. I got it back in my car. They were just sitting right there. As soon as I opened my door, I was like, what the fuck? How'd they not even take those? But they took my jail tabs. <laughs> That's it. Oof. <laughs> So yeah, that was a ramble. I'm sorry. They just flat out believed that they were stamps. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm oh, okay. Okay, there's some worse to it. The uh, the cop was sort of acting like buddy buddy to me. I ain't gonna lie. Cause uh, I'm like a, I'm just okay. I'm just gonna say that. And well, I asked the uh, as soon as that cop said these are acid stamps, I told him. I was like, no, what, what is acid? He was like, oh, that's a bad drug, but I'm pretty sure that guy's tried it. He pointed at this other cop inside his car, and that cop started laughing. Hmm. So I'm pretty sure they knew what it was. They took the shit, and they had a good night. Really? So they, oh, so they ended up that's they honestly it. So what they, I so, think. They, so they did confiscate it from you? Yeah. And they just but they didn't, like, wrap it up or anything. They just pretty much, they were holding it. Like, they didn't have it in, like, no fucking evidence bag or nothing. The cop was like, you ain't going to have to pay nothing tonight. Like, you're good to go. You all can leave. Like, they were, like, really, like, some, like really buddy-buddy cops. They ain't going to lie. And they found that shit. Listen, banana. Banana, banana, banana. Banana, I, you know, look, What's before up? we go. What's up? Um, I mean, look, thank you for sharing, um with us again i appreciate that you feel comfortable enough uh to share this this stuff with us and everything um i am concerned though because you you sound like um you know you got very if if i don't know i don't know where you live i don't know what the laws are whatever whatever but if what you are telling me is true and you had enough acid on on your person to send you to jail forever um you got really lucky very lucky you I predict there were three other people you. in my car. That shit was horrible for me. 
Because when he pulled that shit right up in my face, dude, I, I literally put my hands behind my back like I was in handcuffs. And he, like, I thought they were like, what the fuck? Dude, then he was like, what are these? I told him they were just dance. Yeah, he literally, listen, like, listen, listen, started listen, talking banana, to me banana. normal. Banana, banana, you know, okay, look, you, you yeah, got really yes, lucky. Sir, you, yes, know, you know you got really lucky. Okay. And again, I'm yeah. not a real counselor. I'm an insane man in a gecko costume on the internet. But... And I don't have any, like, advice for you necessarily, but I do hope that you take... How long ago did this happen? That happened, like, two months ago. That two months or three ago. months and ago. Are, and, and, are you, and are you still are you still selling? Yes. But I stay out of that area. I try, I try to. Because I got pulled over three times... And like well, listen, listen, maybe listen, two, listen. maybe in a, like a week and a half span, and they didn't give me no tickets except one time. Well, banana, listen again. This is this is definitely, um, you know, above my pay grade to advise you as as to what to do. But just as a as an entity of some kind that would like to see you uh, avoid avoid. Go into jail forever and avoid causing hurt to your family. I do genuinely hope that you find a a better alternative to making money than doing this. Because, dude, you know how lucky you got. And I don't want you to be in that position again. Right? Because, hey, you might not get so lucky again. Before I mean, we, I you're mean, right about banana. that. The ass is just paper. Like, most cops don't even know what that shit is. Can banana. I can I tell one more story? <laughs> before I don't. Before, well, listen. I know. It, look, we're 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 definitely. Uh, you know, I know you have a lot of stories about this, but I, 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 I really want like you to leave at least this call with like, fuck, man, the sentiment that like, whatever it is, I don't know you, man. I've only been talking to you for twenty minutes, but I hope that uh, whatever it is that keeps you living this pretty dangerous lifestyle, that you find a way to to get out of it. Because, again, I'm a broken record here, but you know you got very lucky. And uh, I assume that that doing what you do, uh, I would have to assume you live in consistent anxiety every single day of um, getting caught. I really don't. I, I don't. You don't? No. Getting, getting caught for what? Uh, say what? What in particular? Like, you think the police are going to come and just raid my house? I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, I, I think that... I don't know, man. I'm just a gecko guy on the computer, but uh, I can only wish that, uh, that you do whatever's best for you, Banana. Look, I, can I give, like, one piece of advice? Cops do not search the gas canisters. 
you know, like where you click the button and where you like pop the shit, right? You don't even have like, sorry, not, hold on, I'm stumbling over my words. Just wherever like the, the area opens up, you just stick your weed right there. Don't do, they never search that gas area. Banana, thank you for calling and uh, good luck to you. Uh, hopefully I can meet you again, sir. Hey, folks, this episode is sponsored by FunLove.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have finally gotten a coveted sex toy marketplace sponsorship. And boy, does this place have it all. FunLove.com is your place to go for vibrators, lingerie, BDSM bondage stuff if you're into that, penis pumps, cock rings, chastity belts. Go crazy, folks. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. And for a limited time, Therapy Gecko listeners can save 30% off their first order by entering the code GECKO at checkout. Go to funlove.com and use the code GECKO at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today and make a horny purchase. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Liquid Death. What is Liquid Death? It might look like a beer or some kind of crazy energy drink, but it's not. Liquid Death is a healthy beverage brand that makes mountain spring water, low-sugar sodas, and low-sugar iced teas. I've been trying to cut down on my sugar this year, and Liquid Death sodas and teas have been super helpful as they are sweetened instead by agave. Liquid Death is bringing death to single-use plastic bottles with their infinitely recyclable cans. Liquid Death also donates a portion of profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. You can get free shipping of Liquid Death's Mountain Water, Flavored Spring Water, and Iced Tea 8-Packs with Amazon Prime, or grab a can or a case at your local 7-Eleven, Target, Walmart, Whole Foods, or on Instacart. Go to liquiddeath.com slash gecko to check out all their healthy, infinitely recyclable beverages and find your closest retailer. That's liquiddeath.com slash gecko. Liquiddeath.com slash gecko. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Factor Meals. I'm actually a huge fan of Factor, and it's been a large part of my weight loss journey this year. I've been using them before they sponsored the podcast, and their service is great. I hate cooking so much, and Factor makes it very easy to eat healthy, delicious food that I can whip up in the microwave or the air fryer. I'm a big fan of Factor classics, such as the Shredded Chicken Taco Bowl, the Indian Butter Chicken, and who could forget the cream tomato pork chop. I've been trying to count calories and lose weight and all that stuff, and Factor makes it very easy because the calorie counts and the macros are listed right on the box. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash gecko50 and use the code gecko50 to get 50% off. That's code gecko50 at factormeals.com slash gecko50 for 50% off. Hi. Uh, oh. Hello. Hi. Hi. Is this Mr. Gecko? This is a Gecko. What is your name? Alexis. Alexis. 
what's going yes. on with you today in the world? Uh, you know, I mean, the hardships of being an adult, everything's so expensive. I'm quite sorry, but my mom's very excited. Yes, it does. My mom's excited. She loves you, too. Oh, that's, that's, do you, you seem like you have a good relationship with your mom. Um, on and off, yeah. <laughs> Why? On, where, uh, where is it today? Are we on today? We're on today. You know, everything's going good. I got groceries and stuff, so the house is taken care of. It's all pretty good. So it says <laughs> here that you met a guy on a sugar daddy website. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been going mm-hmm. well. Why Why has that not been going well? Um. Well, you know, I was forthcoming about like, hey, I'm struggling paying rent. It's hard for my mom to keep a job. So I live in the Bay Area. Everything is just super expensive. And he knows that. And I kind of talked with him today being like, I'm kind of just living off credit. And when I went to the grocery store, it was just like, oh, my God, my credit card going to work today. And my max out, and I'm like, man, you know, it's just it's really hard. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? You should like go to a food bank. I'm sure there's a lot of good ones around. I'm like, you, well, you know what the deal is. We met on season arrangements, so what? I'm like, why are you telling me to go to a food bank? So, what is the is the goal here? Are you so have you have you met up with this guy in person before? Yeah, I met with him like two times, and you know, he's a very nice, sweet dude. He's, you know, he's like only 30, I'm 22, and you know, he's really nice, and he's like, yeah, I definitely want to help you out and stuff like that, and you know, he filled up my car for me when I went to go meet him, Uh, just went on like a couple dates and stuff, and I told him like, hey, you know, when you're comfortable, I'm cool to come to your house and stuff, but you know, I'm like, I feel like he's not going to come through, and I don't want to be rude or pushy and be all like, hey. Give me money right now, but I'm like, I need money, <laughs> please. This see, I I don't know what to tell. I don't know necessarily the etiquette of the mm-hmm. sugar daddy, sugar baby universe here. Uh, but I will too. say, it, I will I'm say, like, I will say, oh. if this guy that you met on this, if 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 your whole thing is that you want to find a sugar daddy and uh, you're willing to... And again, I don't know what sort of things are bringing in the big bucks. I don't know how much you have to do. I don't know what you're personally comfortable doing. I don't know any of the... I, I, I don't know the universe super well. But if your goal is to find a guy who's going to give you a bunch of money and this guy isn't it, why, you know, of of the whatever thousands of guys on seeking arrangements, why are you stuck with this guy? Why don't you go find more guys? If if this is in fact the way that you, you know, that you want to do it, I am a little bit scared, and it's like this guy, it's very promising just because we click really well. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I'm very scared because it's like you know a lot of people come in and be all like. If you need to meet up with me right now and have sex, and I will give you a hundred dollars or whatever, and I'm kind of like, Ugh. and like this was the first guy that was actually like a very nice, normal, decent person. You know, he was saying, you know, I do want to spoil you. How about I give you like three hundred dollars every time we like meet up for a date and stuff like that, and see if we get along. And you know, I want to spoil you with gifts. 
And I'm like, cool, we went on two dates, you know, he paid for the meal, he sold up my car. And he's like, yeah, you know, I definitely want to help you. Um, let's go on a few more dates. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, please, I kind of, you know, can you help me, please? <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm, uh, why are you afraid to ask him for money? If, I mean, look, you, you sought an arrangement, as did he. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the writing is on the wall as to sort of the arrangement, which is um, you sort of, again, I don't know the universe that well, so this is just me sort of faking this up from thin air, but the arrangement being sought is that he gives you money and you in turn spend, spend romantic and I guess implied sexual time with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So, I'm just, uh, I'm scared so to, like, turn you, him off. And he'd be like, yeah. So are you afraid to... to... to reinforce the... sort of... grounds of the arrangement by saying, hey, listen, you know, I'll go out on a date with you, but... this ain't Tinder, this is seeking arrangements. You gotta pay me for this. Yeah, I'm just scared to be... I'm not very confrontational, you know. I'm a cancer, mm. so it's very hard for me to just be like, hey, we know what the deal is. Well, I mean, yeah. look, and by the way, maybe, you know, maybe you ask a more um, seasoned sugar baby about the best way to go about it, but, um, you know, you might have to get a little bit of confrontational and just... Uh, it's not even... It's not a confrontation. Don't look at it as a confrontation. But, uh, <laughs> look, you know, you got to go out there. You got to lay out the uh, layout again, the grounds of the arrangement. Let me bring up one other thing, by the way, before we. Um, and and again, I, I you know, I think I think that any way that you could make money is, is you know, I, I'm not going to say it's not a legitimate way. But like, I, have you considered other ways of making money if, if this is like, you know, because you, 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 you sound like you have safety concerns, which are very legitimate concerns. Um, and you know, you sound like you're, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to put words in here, but you sound like you don't want to have sex with people for money. Have you thought about other ways that you could make money uh, outside of seeking arrangements? Yeah, I have a full-time job. I work at Tesla and it's like, you know, the pay is good. It's just, I try to work overtime as much as I can and it's just, it's killing me but i'm not gonna yeah. go just get another part-time job because over time i'd probably be making like 30 to 40 bucks an hour if i worked you know 60 70 hours a week you know uh it's just like i don't know i just need like just a little bit of that help for just a little bit longer until my mom can hold a job and i'm I, fine uh, like half sex it's it's fine but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I laughed, but I was just. I. I. I feel like if you work at. I. I I'm. I feel like. Uh, so you work at Tesla. Yep. Full time. Fortune 500 company. Yeah, yeah. Full time job. Mhm. So where where are your money struggles lying? Is it that um, you're trying to support your mom and you don't make enough money to to support both you and her? Where Where is the what what's what's the sort of the big money issue that you're trying to solve? Yeah, it's just I'm paying all the bills by myself. We moved into this place recently, and my mom kind of just 
she can't hold a job. She kind of just walks off and then doesn't want to like stay or she doesn't want to go back. And then it kind of just all falls on me. And I had a boyfriend who worked at Tesla and he helped me out a little bit, but things just got really, really bad between us. So I had to kind of stick. We're done, and now it's just kind of all on me. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Well, I need to do something that's just kind of quick, easy money, to just make sure rent's paid on time, to make sure we can have groceries and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, look, if you've explored other ways of trying to make a little bit of side hustle money, and you've decided that this is is the right one for you, then, um, you know. Don't be afraid to to uh, be confrontational um, as to the the nature. Because like at the end of the day, seeking arrangements. The sh- at the end of the day, the sugar baby, sugar daddy arrangement is a business transaction. And if you know, I am a a freelance anything. If I'm a freelance photographer or a freelance artist or a freelance girlfriend. Uh, I should really have no problem with uh, asking people to pay their invoices. And that's just a part of being a freelancer, whatever it is you are freelancing. So uh, if this is the side hustle that you have decided to to pursue, uh, I invite you to look at this as an opportunity to do one of the necessary parts of freelancing, which is asking to get paid. It seems silly, but talking to you actually helped make me feel better. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, give your best to, uh, I was about to say give your best to my mom, but you're not, you don't know my mom. Um, give. Well, I do give her my best. To your mom. And uh, thank you for calling. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Hello, is this Lee? Yes, this is Lee. Lee, it says here that you have an obsession with lawnmowers. You currently have six of them. Yes. But you want more. Yes, I do want more. Mm. And what is driving this obsession? Well, honestly, like when you sit there and you work on these lawnmowers, and once you get them running and you can just ride around on them, and it's, it's like a reward in itself. You can line them up and you can take pictures of them. You know, they're a lot cheaper than, than cars. They're easier to get a hold of. Hmm. You know what I'm I saying? I was going to say. No, no, no. I, I, now that you've explained it and you've sort of analogized it to the types of people who have like garages and garages of cars and the big car people. It actually makes a lot of sense why you would be obsessed with lawnmowers because not everybody has the financial tools to keep cars and cars of to keep garages and garages of of, of you know collectible cars, but you know collecting lawnmowers, being a lawnmower enthusiast, a lot more affordable of a hobby with a very similar sort of idea behind it. You know, there's engines, there's models, there's all the sort of same stuff to geek out over as there is in the car world. Exactly. And you see, like, people have told me that I have a problem. Like, I just get too many of them. I don't see it that way. Like, because, like, literally, like, every two weeks, 
I'll either like just get another one or just trade one of the ones I currently have for a different one. Like I'm always on the search for a new type of lawnmower I haven't had before. Hmm. And is there a particular and the the crazy part is speaks to you the most? Yes, the 1960s Sears Customs are my favorite. They just they hit so different. Well, because they are like the simplest. Like you just. You just pull the starter, and it's got one little belt that turns the whole thing. And it's just such a simple machine, but yet it's so capable. Like, mm. they can do so much. Like, it's so much more than just a lawnmower. You know what I'm saying? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. How many lawnmowers and the cr- throughout the course of your life do you hope to own? Oh, like, from the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Ooh. When will you... Oh, man, I don't see myself stopping before 100. Until you gaze upon them and go, that is enough. Well, I'd say at one time, I'd say I could, I could handle 15 at one time. Mm-hmm. But all the different kinds I would like to have... I don't see myself stopping before a hundred or so, you know? And the crazy part is I don't even like mowing my grass. I just like the mowers themselves. So you don't even mow your lawn with them? Well, I have like one or two that I do mow my lawn with. I just don't like mowing the lawn. I just like Mm. the lawn mower themselves. Hmm. Do you like to ride the mowers? Yes. I will actually like get on one of my lawn mowers and I'll go check the cows. I'll go get my mail. I'm next weekend I'm planning on driving it all the way to the grocery store just just because I can, you know? Hmm. Do they have parking for lawn mowers? Um, not specific parking, but the way I look at it, like, what are they going to tell me to do? Just move the lawnmower? I mean, once it's there, I don't really think anybody will do anything about it. That's true. Yeah, because, like, there'll be stuff, like, right down the road that I could easily just drive my vehicle to, but I'll prefer to take the lawnmower just because there's a different feel to it. Do you know anyone else who's obsessed with lawnmowers, or are you alone in this hobby? Hobby. Well, I actually I have a lawnmower group of friends. Now they don't have as many as I do, but we do have like this little group where we'll go ride lawnmowers together. Like a sort of <laughs> lawnmower gang. Yeah, it's it's called Mower Mafia. And we'll get together, and we'll just ride the lawnmowers, and then we'll talk about them. Hmm. Yeah. Do you guys ever go to war with other lawnmower clubs? 
Well, we haven't come across any other ones yet. We're like we're like a pack of wolves just running the area, the lawnmower area, you know? Right, running your turf. Yeah, yeah, turf. That's a good analogy since it's lawnmowers. What did you say your name was? Lee. Thank you for calling, Lee. Yeah, you have a nice night, Mr. Gay. Hello, Forrest. Hey, what's up? Forrest, it says here that you wanted to talk about your sugar addiction. Yeah, yeah, we could definitely talk about that. I was just, um, I I finally finished all the podcasts, and uh, I remember that being one of the older episodes, I think, and I also have a sugar addiction, and though, Mm. yeah, don't really... Learning to take better care of myself. Sad to report, sad to report that although you may have heard me complain about having a sugar addiction in an older episode of the podcast, that today, as of this recording, on January 31st, on 2022, I still have quite the addiction to sugar. What's your game? What's your stuff? What's your poison? What's your vice? Butterfingers? Uh, right now? Beans, what are you doing? Oh, dude. What's killing you? Dude, uh, I do I do a Sonic Blast with Butterfingers and Oreos. You get both. And it's a dynamite combination, dude. You ever had, um, for during Halloween, Baskin Robbins will do this flavor of oreo called oreo trick-or-treat and it's fucking oreo cookie with butterfinger and babe ruth and i think heath bar all in one ice cream thing that sounds heavenly that sounds fantastic Hmm. here's my thing tell me if you can relate to this at all because i i'm gonna give you sort of my Mm -hmm. thoughts about my whole thing and then i want to hear yours um, I'm so glad we can, we can talk about this because I, most of my friends are like pretty like normal people when it comes to like how they eat and stuff. And I'm kind of not, mm-hmm. I am back Same. and forth. Yeah. I'm, I'm back and forth mm-hmm. between my life would be a lot better. I'd feel better. I, I used to care about looking good. Now I, mm-hmm. I don't, I only care about feeling good. Um, mm-hmm. but I would feel a lot better. If I ate correctly, I didn't indulge, and, uh, you know, did push-ups, blah, 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 whatever. But I also fucking love, I love eating Oreo trick-or-treat ice cream. I love eating food, trying different foods, different candies, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. There are definitely Mm -hmm. lots of times in which I overdo it, and it's, like, totally overindulging. But would my yeah, life be easier sure. if I just continued living the way I lived, but made it an intentional decision? And I was like, all right, I'm not going to beat myself up over this anymore. I'm just going to mm-hmm. live this way unapologetically. And I'm in between those two things where if you're not, if you're going to, you know, eat a bunch of bad shit, but then feel bad about it. Then why are you even doing it? If you're going to do it, you just commit to doing it. You should be like, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm eating a Butterfinger breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fuck it. This is my life. I accept that you'll be happier. Or you just go all in and you go, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And, you know, but it's sitting on the fence like this 
is what's causing mm-hmm. me the distress. Can you relate to that at all? Yeah, yeah, I can re- relate to that like radical acceptance of Baskin Robbins for sure. You know, just uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, it's definitely. I feel like for me, it's a combination of a bunch of different things. I think. Well, the first thing is is that like um, I'm highly distractible, and so oh, yeah. with any food, uh, if if I just have like a source of it somewhere near me, which is usually the case, I'll just go through the whole fucking thing without realizing, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of uh, one thing that I know about me. But yeah, uh, what else? It's like the also kind of thing like, where like you'll be like, oh, there's a box of cheeses, yeah. like a whole box. It'll start going on yeah. before you know it. The whole you, you ate the whole thing. Bro, it's funny you said Cheez-Its. I was literally taking care of my friend's dog, and they had a. Uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" They had a family-sized thing of Cheez-Its in the cupboard, and yeah. like I'm gonna munch on these. And then over the weekend, I just ate the whole damn thing by myself. I gave I gave like five Cheez-Its to the dog, mm-hmm. and the rest are for me. I always, yeah. every time there's a situation like that, I always sort of like overestimate what amount mm-hmm. of the box other people have eaten. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, oh man. I didn't eat the whole box. I gave the dog 10 Cheez Its, where really you gave them only five. You know, I do that kind of thing. It's like the whole heap problem, where, you know, like you have enough to say it's like a heap of something. But then, you know, eventually it gets smaller and smaller. And then all of a sudden it's just like a few crumbs left over. So then you can't like justify it anymore. You got to find, you got to strike that balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So have you yeah. ever made an attempt to cut out um, or, or just in general to eat healthier, live, uh, live better, mm-hmm. all, that, all that stuff? I've done really well before, actually. Like, um, so I guess. I should say I have ADHD, right? Um, but I also have looked a lot into how to kind of work with that and um, have been able to, in the past, tailor my surroundings to make it easier for me to uh, make those decisions. Because a big thing with ADHD is in impulsivity. Uh, and then I also like personally can't, I, don't, I have no sense of time. Or, you know, kind of talking earlier about the, you know, just mindlessly snacking, a lot of that. Um, But, like, yeah, I'd always been, like, lifting weights ever since high school. And then there's a point there where I was, like, in really great shape. You know, I was, like, uh, bench pressing, like, a little bit more than my body weight and, like, twice my, and I'd squatting, like, twice my body weight. And yeah, I wasn't like eating sugar at all besides like natural sugar and fruits and stuff, of course. But mm. yeah. And then I just like, you know, I, it's this ebb and flow. It's <laughs> like, uh, you know, you flow into the uh, deluge of like garbage food. Right. And then, then you come out after you've had enough and then, you know, you just go back down, but it's just over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. Did you? So you've had multiple periods where you were mm-hmm. like, there, there wasn't a sort of first half in shape, second half out of shape. It was like 
a little bit of time in in shape, you know, a little bit of time out of shape, a little bit of time mm-hmm. in, a little time out, like sort of a back and forth mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, it's that classic sort of yo-yo, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I've always like loved food, and and that's the thing is that you know I go back to it because you know it just tastes so good, and you know I get really into cooking. That's usually what brings me back into it because I like make some homemade cookies or some shit, and I'm like, oh damn, I forgot about these. Mm-hmm. It's that's one of the tough things is that you can't like achieve fitness in the same way that you can achieve mm-hmm. climbing to the top of a mountain. It's like it's an yeah. ever demanding thing to to stay in shape. You know, I've gotten mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I, a little bit like you, ebb and flow. I've gotten in shape many times. Mm-hmm. But you really need to have it be a permanent lifestyle change to stay there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we listen. Food. I, I'm like you. I love food, man. And so you know, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to stay in the healthy lifestyle mindset for so long. I mean, you mm-hmm. can do the keto. You can do the whatever. You can do the, the you know your. Oh, I'm gonna only eat vegetables every Tuesday, whatever your thing is. But if you can't do that for Mm -hmm. your entire life, you're eventually going to, you know, balloon back up. Yeah. You're just gonna, you're just gonna die eventually. You know, it's just gonna, you know, um, I think that, uh, you know, you can do it. I think you can have a a good balance of both. It'll eventually happen. I feel like for the both of us. And, uh, but you just gotta, yeah, accept that you're gonna be like somewhere in the middle, you know, and then eventually it'll just like level out there. What'd you say your name was? My name's Forrest. Forrest, I will see you uh, at Pizza Day uh, at Planet Fitness. All right, man. <laughs> you have a good night, my gecko friend. Take care, baby. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the basketball court is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Personally, Prize Picks graciously set me up with an account for myself. I made some picks for the NBA, and I did make a little extra money, which I, of course, put safely away in a high interest savings account. Just kidding, I used it to buy candy. And you can get extra candy money too. Download the Prize Picks app today and use the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hello? Hello, is this Eden? Yes, hi, Lyle. 
Hello, Eden. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic now. Uh, Eden, I, Eden, I, it says I have, here, I, you br- Eden, you brought up two things that you wanted to talk about. One was about your jaw, and the other one was that you said you're having a gender uh-huh. crisis. Now, of those two things, yes, uh, let's let's talk about one or the other. Personally, I'd prefer to talk about the gender issue, but you can pick, really. Sure, let's talk about the gender issue. But is do you have do you have um, pronouns or or an identity of which that you would like us in the chat to to refer to you by at this current moment? Um, right now, we're just going to go for they them pronouns. Beautiful, and like just neutrality. I got no so, idea. um, what's what is this? What is this crisis, Eden? So, um, I in 2014, um, in 2014, I came out as a trans man, and so I came out and started transitioning. Real, real, quick, e- e- real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, before it, am I on like speakerphone or headset or like anything other than you just holding the phone yeah, up to you your mouth? Yeah, let me fix that. Beautiful. Is that better? Much better. Uh, continue. What, what, what were you saying? You said something about 2014. Okay, yeah. So I came out as trans. I came out as a um, trans man, uh, female to male, in 2014. And started my transition from there. Um, just so that I can put my headphones through. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, so I've been living my life as a man since for what is that almost eight years now and damn that is almost eight years uh yeah may 2014 is when i came out i'm gonna go sorry i interrupted you with my realization of the passage of time no you're all good it's been it's been a fat fucking minute um and like okay so uh, god okay so i was engaged to another trans man for a couple of years and at some point in our relationship i realized that i don't identify as a man anymore mm-hmm. and um the thing is is i got top surgery so i got my breasts removed i got my name legally changed i look like a man i've lived my life as a man for you know my entire adult life so far i'm almost 21 and you know, I have been since fucking middle school, and I couldn't talk to him about it because he wasn't able to get surgery. He wasn't able to change his name, and he got personally very offended that I could have regrets about these privileges that I was given. Mm. And so, yeah, so he made his you know, his issues mine and it just forced me back into the closet basically. Mm. And so the best that I could get away with without starting a fight at home was coming out as non binary. So I've been living my best they them life for like eight months, but I'm still not happy. So and you're no go ahead. I wanna wanna let you finish before I before I chime in. Okay, no worries. Um, but 
see, it all came to a head this morning. So I started dating a cis man. So I started dating a man who was born with a penis, right? And um, Wait, so you broke up. So you broke up with the other guy that you were seeing. Yeah, yeah, we broke okay. up uh, like six months ago, and okay. um, so I'm dating a new guy now, and. I just got a new job. He bought me a pair of work pants from the women's section, and they gave me Kim Possible vibes. I felt like Kim Possible wearing them, and it made me fucking sob. I just, I was like, holy shit. But, you know, and I just, it was the sense of gender euphoria that I haven't felt in fucking years. And like... I just realized I want to wear dresses and I want to have long hair and I want to be pretty and I don't want to be his boyfriend. I want to be his fucking girlfriend. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I spent so long working the transphobia out of my family and working my way into being respected as a man only for all of this to come tumbling down and I want to undo it. And it's just like, oh my, the trauma, I don't want to go through the trauma again, you know? And so I don't, I don't know. I've been listening. I started from the very beginning of, you know, what you've uploaded on Spotify. And, and I, I've, I've met you and I have talked before, talked to um, you and I and my friend Shannon. I talked a few months ago in September when I yeah, first got diagnosed with that. borderline personality that. disorder. I remember. Yeah. Yes. Well, so I've missed you. So listen. All right. So. So, so, uh, let's see. Okay, so, you were born female. You had top surgery. Yes, sir. In, or you came out in, as, a, as a trans man in 2014. You had your surgery. Um, and you lived as a trans man for eight years, you said. Yeah. And then, now, you tried on the Kim Possible pants... And am I am I hearing that you are like, oh shit! Now you want to like you know be more more feminine, and you you and you and you're looking to. Here's the thing with all this, by the way, is like maybe maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of like sunk cost fallacy here, where like oh you lived as one thing for the, so long, right? Or, and you did all that work to like convince your family. You know, you have to deal with you just you just have to deal with a bunch of bullshit for like eight years. Yeah. And so now you're like, Well fuck, I have to deal with all that bullshit and now I wanna go back and is that and that's fucking with you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I basically I just wanna like I just wanna move away and start over where nobody knows who the fuck I am and I can just be me without having to explain the transness, you know? But I just started this job and I don't have any fucking money. And like, oh, it's so obnoxious. Why did I have to have this realization at seven in the morning putting on a pair of pants? By the way, okay, listen. I know you're looking at this. And and by the way, I just want to say, I just want to like disclaim I want to disclaim this real quick because uh, I, I like to disclaim this when I'm dealing with these kinds of issues because I am a cis straight guy, so I can't truly empathize no, with what you're going through. So I just I like to disclaim that up front before I talk about these kind of things 
so that people aren't like, because, uh, uh, you know, it's important to disclaim that. But I do feel like it's 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 a, it's just it's one of the things of like feeling like, you know, it, I think it's a good thing to like change, go back and forth. Like that's a strength. It's a strength to like know. Oh, this isn't for me. I got to go back. Right. Because if, if you truly do feel like you're a woman and you want to go back to living like that, why should the past define whether or not you can do that? Right. Like, like, True. like why, like why be chained? And I get it. I get that. You're like, fuck. I just went through all that stuff. I lived the eight years, but like, you're not, you're not chained to the past. Right. I, 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 I mm-hmm. get, I get where these feelings are coming from. At least I think I did. But yeah. I don't, I don't feel like you should be chained to the past. Like how old are you? 21. Yeah, almost. I turned 21 Well, shit, dude. Like, you, you're 21. You have years and years and years ahead of you to go live as a beautiful woman and wear all the dresses you want. And, you know, why, why, why at 21 would you want to be like, well, I've lived this way my whole life, so I have to live the rest of my life this way? I don't know. That is a good point. That's, that's how I feel. Um, that's yeah. That's pretty much what my boyfriend said, but it, it hits different coming from you for some reason. <laughs> I have the um object. I have the I have the uh, the the gecko. You've got that third party, but um, right? No, I mean that's that's how that's how I feel. Is like you know, if you've been living the way that you've lived in the past, shouldn't have any you know effect on how you live to the future. Right, like whatever, man. Put the put that chapter behind you, and um, fucking go, go, go live. Go, f- fuck it. Go live. Go, be a woman for a year. Be non-binary for do what. Swip and sw- do. Who cares? Why are you ever? Beho- you're never beholden to be what you once were, right? You know, right. Ah. Uh. That's how, I, that's how I feel. I don't know if I don't know if this was helpful. Again, you know, I'm happy to talk about these things, but I don't like talk about it too much because I'm, um, you know, I can't fully empathize with the situation and not my place and all that. But you know, I hope I hope that was helpful. No, it was. It was, and like I don't know, you were one of the first people that I thought of when it when the whole realization came because. You know, I I work eight and a half hour days and I listen to your show on Spotify. I started from the very first Spotify episode and I'm just listening from the fucking beginning. You know, I fucking like, I don't know. Every time something I emailed you a couple months ago, every time something big happens, I just want to know what what the fucking Gek thinks. I would just, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I know you're not like a real therapist, but you're a real person and you have good things to say. You have good input, usually. Well, thank you very much, Eden. Uh, Again, wishing you the courage to uh, not let the past define you. Giving you gecko energy. And um, thank you for calling, Eden. You have a good rest of the night. Cal? Yes. This is Lyle? 
Uh, what's up, Cal? Hey, Lyle. So, I kind of want to talk today. It seems like the subjects have kind of been changing to morality, and this kind of fits me. I really haven't told anyone this other than the screener before. Um, I'm going to make it short. And, you know, this is a no judgment free zone. So, a little background. I train people how to fly planes and small engine planes. And normally there's weight limits. Well, I had someone that was critically obese, let's say about 350 pounds. Well, I didn't want to fly them because it's a safety issue. My boss is money hungry. So because of that, I was doing things that I could legally do, like taking out fuel and not being able to complete all the flights I could. Well, one day, he's good enough to go for like a, a check to see his performance. So my boss has got to fly him. Well, they weren't able to complete the whole flight because of his weight. And so the boss sits there and gets a scale out. And it's one of these old medical scales in his office. And they're all standing there. He hops on the scale. They're looking at it, trying to size it up. And I might have put my foot on there to make it exaggerate even more than what he already weighs. So because of that, it shows that he's about right around 400. And our boss tells him, you know, he can't fly anymore. And the kid is heartbroken. But my morality is in question because I've done something wrong. This kid has spent thousands of dollars. But now he's lost like over 100 pounds and is trying to get back into flying. So I also feel partially responsible for his newfound success and for him to further on. And I can't tell anybody or say anything about it. Because I feel so wrong about what I did in that room. And it was just me that knows. So here's what I don't fully... Here's what I kind of want some clarification on is... So this kid was um, too obese to fly safely. Correct. And you said you put a little bit of... You said you, you sort of fucked with the weighing process and put a little bit of extra weight on him. Do you think that had you... I mean, if he was already obese... Did the extra weight that you put on the scale even affect the sort of final decision of whether or not he could fly? You know, and that's that's a good question. I like to think, I tell myself that maybe I wasn't all responsible for it because I did just put my foot on the back. But I had seen him around. It's a small town in a grocery store. And the cart is full of more two liters than anything I've ever seen and more little Debbie cakes than any actual greens or foods. So maybe he actually did weigh that is what I tell myself at night to sleep better. But I just, I don't know, Gek, and I'm, it, it's ate me alive. But again, I still feel partially responsible for his success to lose over 100 pounds and be able to safely return to flying. So why, again, another clarification is why did you put your foot on the scale? Was the intention so that was it like you had the intention to protect him? Was it that you just didn't want to fly in a plane with him because you were afraid? You know, what what was what was the intention behind that? Okay, well, to be completely honest, when I first Please. met him, I was very honest. With, I said, hey, your weight is pretty high. If you want to be a professional pilot one day, like, you're going to have to lose your weight. Well, he found, he found a doctor that says he's good to go, which should have been a red flag. And then I'm having to take out a lot of fuel out of the plane. So instead of doing two to three hour flights, I'm only 
able to do one hour. And he says he's losing weight and he's drinking water around me, which I think is Sprite. And so I was like, you know what? My boss is money hungry. This kid doesn't want to listen to me. It seems like nobody in the world was listening to me when I'm just trying to be safe. So I was like, I'm going to, if he steps on the scale and he did, I was like, I'm going to put my foot on the back of it. Yeah, this is a classic, like, this is a classic thing of a moral dilemma where you perform an action that you seem to, and I, I'm not here to interpret what is or is not moral, I'm just talking along with you as, as, as you're sort of telling me all this. So you're doing what you consider to be an immoral action by putting your foot down on the scale, and you're doing it with what could be considered a virtuous intention which is trying to keep this guy from being in a plane that crashes to the ground and kills everyone in it yeah but it almost feels like you know we were talking earlier in the show you're talking about you know what is life and who is me and where are we the real me the real question i have is then it kind of drives me to like who do I talk to if I can't talk to anyone? Well, in Catholicism, they talk to the priest and they give off their sins and they do a Hail Mary and then they're let go. Where is my redemption in that? And does the priest even feel the type of weight of their sins? Like, how do they go on with their day? Mm. Mm. Are you Are you a Catholic? I am agnostic. Okay, so you feel as though you have a heavy weight to bear uh, with with your own actions and what you consider to be sins and you're sort of left to your own devices on how to sit with these things yeah and then I just the worst part is is when I tell you it's a small town it's a small town I don't tell people what I do for a living I like to say that I teach and I meet a girl and she's talking about how she's been on her brother, her little brother, about losing weight. And I'm like, oh, I know what you mean. I, I kind of have a student. I really need to lose weight. And then it turns out that she's actually related to him because she just randomly name dropped him one time. And I get scared because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm now the universe is punishing me because I like this girl. And now I feel like, how am I ever going to overcome doing this to that kid? And then just keep this a secret forever where's my confession mm. Mm. are you against confessing and even if you were to who, who would you confess to would you confess to the kid are you still working with him um i i'm at a whole different place i believe it I was just toxic and i was more scared of what if there's someone else like this because i could see myself easily doing this again but to confess to, to him i would feel more con comfortable confessing to the girl that's related to him because you know maybe she can judge me for my character and say you made you did the right thing even though it was wrong i don't know guys i'm just morally confused and it, it keeps me up and i can't even tell my friends about it because i'm scared of what they'll think hmm. i'll tell you the the <laughs> sort of thought in my head of like if you need something to do because you seem like you need something to do you have this like restless again armchair gecko therapy but you have this like restless feeling within you that's caused by like you know you feeling like you don't know whether or not you did the right thing 
So, oh, I, I don't know. We can't really take back our actions or anything. I mean, when you're referring to this whole thing of, like, you can go to the confessionary and you can tell the priest what you did and then it's absolved and you can move past it, you can move on. Maybe you just absolve yourself and then moving forward, right? Whatever sort of virtuous thing you were trying to accomplish, keeping this guy safe, encouraging him to be healthy, whatever it is that was your positive intention, continue to move forward with that positive intention, right? Okay. Continue. So, Lyle, can I ask forward. you a question? Sure, sure. Again, you know, I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here, but hit me. Oh, no, I think. I think you're fine, and it kind of brings me to the question of is how do we, like, we were talking about existential crisis issues, so how do we know, who is the real Lyle? We know you as Gek and Lyle, but who is Lyle to Lyle? Who is Lyle to Lyle? Um, oh, geez, I don't know. I'm a bunch of different things. Well, this is, I, this is what I was talking about last stream, is like, I don't know if there is a real me. I mean, this is whatever you see on this Twitch stream. Uh, obviously, is not what I act like or who I am 100% of the time. But it's no more real or fake than how I act when I'm alone. And how I act when I'm alone is no more real or fake than how I act when I'm meeting a new person for the first time and going, Hello, how are you? You know, I, they're all just versions of the self. Unranked complete answer. is my version of the self is my version of the self when i stepped on that scale is that just in only my truth because no one else knows that i did that yeah that's a version of who you are i, I at least at least according to you know my um haphazardly crafted philosophy of uh, the real selves and whatever. Yeah, that's a version of who you are. Yeah, all the bad all the, the most terrible shit you've not that that you know, not that I'm judging that as terrible. I'm just saying this separately. But all the most terrible shit you've ever done is probably you. But also all the greatest stuff you've ever done, that's you too. They coexist in a weird, smelly bubble of, uh, you know, blood and farts that is a human body and brain. So how do I go about going forward and making sure that I don't do something like this again? Because... Maybe not in this situation of weight. What if I see someone that is maybe, you know, not paying attention to the details or, for example, on their phone while they're flying. And then, you know, I kind of circumvene in another way that is maybe in the shadows like how I did before. Am I right to do that or am I here's, not so moral authority to say what is good? Here's the last thing. I'll, here's the last thing I'll say about this is um, in those situations that you just mentioned. Look, your job. I don't know if you've told us explicitly what your job is, but you work in flying. You are in your classroom or whatever you call it with the flying guys, people. You are the safety authority. That's your job is to keep people safe, right? So, like, that's your job in that whole uh, sphere is to keep people safe. So you don't have to do that shit in the shadows, right? If someone's on their phone while they should be paying attention to some flight shit, you can call them out on it. You can do whatever whatever you were going to do in the shadows. Just do it 
in the light. That's your job. You know, I wouldn't feel bad about that. All right. So I guess another version of myself is just the safety element and don't be in the shadows about it and just say, hey, he's too fat. Yeah, look, if, you know, if he's too fat for him to fly safely, then fuck you, guy. You got to speak up. You got to be like, hey, he's too fat to fly safely. I don't, you know, you're not being an asshole. You're just trying to protect him from crashing a plane and dying. Thank you so much, Gag. I mean, I'm going to, I feel better now actually talking about. Are you still here, Kyle? Did you cut out? Yeah, I'm always here. I mean, the one thing that I love the most about it is, is like you said, you take the authority, but be proud in the authority, but know what you're doing is just. And I think I've always just had conflicting feelings about what is just because others might not see my reasoning for what is just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, do you see it though? You've given me much to, you've given me much to think about Alex. No, I don't know why I called you Alex. I'm, I'm terrible with names. You, I called another guy Alex today and that wasn't his name. You've given me much to think about Kyle. Um, You've given me much to think about, um, but I, I gotta I gotta get out of here before this gets too deep and before my head starts uh, sort of uh, uh, convulsing into some kind of black hole that uh, cannot be reversed. But um, you know, thank you for uh, for bringing this to light with us, and uh, hope you have a good rest of the night, Kyle. Thank you, Lyle. Thank you for always being you. Beautiful. Thank you, man. Hello. Hey. Is this Jack? Yes, this is Jack. Jack, it says here that you exclusively sit down when you pee, and that you have a reason. Yes, why I do. That you would like to share with us. Yes, I, I. I would like to share this with you. I was not expecting it. I, I'm, I'm thrilled right now that I'm on call. So I just want you to know that. But um, yeah, I have a story behind that. I have a story behind that, and it is a, it is a traumatic one. From when I was very young, because um, whenever I tell people I sit down to pee, they're like, "Why don't Why don't you stand up? It's like you're a guy, you know." But so when I was around uh, the age of three or five, it was like five, four or five, that age range. Okay, you know how you're pretty short at that time, you know. Oh, when you're five years old, child's pretty short. Yeah, a child is pretty I short agree, at like I five, yes. Children do, traditionally are very small, yes. Yes, so, um, well, I, uh, the, uh, I, I have this vivid memory of um, the toilet falling down, like the, the seat falling down on me. And um, there was blood. It was painful. And uh, I, uh, my penis was injured, to say the least that day and uh that is that is the reason for why i sit down to pee most of the time the toilet pretty much exclusively fell the 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 toilet seat fell onto your penis yes when i was like three or five yes like four or five i mean four or five oh okay all right so so we've got we've got little jack and uh, you have the the toilet seat up yeah, toilet seat up. I'm um, king. You're a small guy, so like the, so so you're standing up, and the rim. Of yes, the I am standing up. I was very young. Is like so the rim of the. Yeah, something I don't is, remember. Hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry hold on, hold on. for. Yes. The the rim of the toilet that. seat 
is at exact penis level. And and stop me stop me if I'm if I if I have the incorrect. But the rim of the to- you're, No, you're, you're so pretty short. correct so far. The your little penis is resting upon the rim of the toilet seat and then the top two parts of the toilet the 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 bowl that you sit on and then sort of the lid come crashing down and crush your little penis yes it was uh it was bloody it was really? bloody this blood was Out not blood. red How might i add this blood was it was I, I remember vividly remember there being it wasn't like terrible but there was there was quite a bit of blood and it was not red if I remember correctly, I do not remember this blood being red, or maybe my memory is completely wrong. But uh, that was the weirdest thing. I'm like, was that blood? Was that maybe? I I'm confused to this day what I saw, if I'm being completely honest, or if I if this is a child memory being incorrect, you know, because that is possible. And but so, I know for a fact this did happen. Okay, and so so is and so how old are you now? I'm 18. You're 18. And how old were you when this happened? Yeah. Did, like I said, I was about like four or five years old. I was very young. Four or five years old. Okay, so this is 13 years in the making. So for the for the, for the the following yeah. 13 years, you only sat down when you peed. I've had a few times where I stand up, but it's just I'm so used to sitting down at this point. I don't see the point to... I mean, obviously, I'll use a urinal if I'm at like a... Um, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. All right. Like a so urinal's different, but if I'm at, if I'm specifically at a toilet, though, I will sit down. So this was my specific question. So, so this is not some form of medical issue. No, this is not a medical issue. This is not pee. This is a a fear stemming from a traumatic event. <laughs> I mean, I'm not so much in fear anymore. I'm just lazy. I don't feel like aiming. <laughs> But for a By long way, time, this was a fear stemming from a traumatic experience. I sit down when I pee all the time because I also am lazy. And if you're telling me I get to sit for like two minutes instead of stand, yeah, I don't, I don't get why I there's my phone. There's so much. It seems like it seems like there's so much like stigma against men sitting down to pee, and I think we need to get rid of that. Fully agree Would you agree with, with me, Lyle? Down, fully agree with you. I think sitting down and peeing is the optimal strategy. You get to sit down, which is great, uh, and you get to go on your phone. And also, yeah. almost every time I pee, um, well, if I ever have a boner, I'll, I'll, I'll always sit down when I pee because you know if you pee yeah, it boner, is a, it's a difficult. Like, you know, sp- splash. But even when I don't have a boner, I find myself getting spl- splashing everywhere. And I, I always, it, almost every time I, I stand up and when I pee, I, I'll pee a little bit on the on the rim, and then I'll have to go get a little piece of toilet paper and then clean. Yeah, this, this is another reason. The person that goes in um, next time is not like, hey, how come this guy peed all over the toilet seat? So I could skip that step. I would just sit down. Yeah, I, I like a man. I hate it when I'm at work because you'll see, because whenever I work, I also see pee on the toilet sometimes. And it really, I'm like, man, I just want to sit down, you know? Got to grab the toilet paper, grab the little, like, seat cover because I don't want to sit in someone's piss. And especially for me, I work I work a 12-hour shift. And you think I want to stand up for that whenever I pee? No, I want to get a chance to rest. Exactly. Oh, take your breaks when you can get 
your brakes. And then another thing with the workplace yeah, that, is that yeah. is that if you're in a small office and you leave a little bit of pee on the toilet seat, someone might know that that's you, and then you're the guy. Don't know. Pee's on the toilet seat. You Good thing to, I don't work at a small office. I just sitting down. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, that was, uh, I also have a, another funny story of when I was younger. It's very short. I just crashed a golf cart when I was really young. Oh, sure. Can you tell into it a in tree. 15 seconds? Oh, yes. Very quickly. Uh, I just like hopped in a golf cart, crashed into a tree while my parents and stuff were fishing. And I threw the keys in the water because to hide the evidence. That was six seconds. That was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate talking to you a while. It's been, it's been, I'm, I hope you enjoyed my traumatic story. Oh, were yeah, you, were you going to cut me off or no? I don't know. Oh, no, Jack, this was, this was, Jack, I get the sense that you're like wondering whether or not you're like doing an okay job at being on the phone right now. And I, I just want you to let you know that, um, this is perfectly fine. Well, I appreciate that. I actually don't, I mean, I'm not that stressed out right now, believe it or not. I, uh, because I'm kind of like you I, when I don't. Like, if I don't have, like, that view, because I know you talk, because I've listened to your podcast a lot recently, that was why I called, because I've, I mean, I've known about you for, like, uh, a, a few months now, but I've I've just more recently beginning into your work, and that's why I wanted to call in. Well, goddamn, thank you, Jack. I'm, uh, I really? I'm glad that you've, uh, uh, I appreciate all the kind words, and uh, thank you for sharing your traumas with us so that, um, yeah. you know, all of the six-year-olds that are listening to this podcast can be forewarned of the dangers of uh peeing while standing up yeah it's uh it's a it's scary when you're young i'm it's scary talk to you soon jack hello uh, oh hi i'm getting i'm getting kind of hungry what are you craving I don't know. I've been eating a lot of um I've been eating a lot of Asian food lately. Like uh I had sushi for the first time like 2 weeks ago. Like no, uh, what, probably, yeah, like probably 2 weeks ago. So, uh, I've been eating a lot of sushi, ramen, Korean barbecue, Chinese food. I had udon for the first time. I don't know if it's the first time, but I had udon. It was pretty good. Um I could eat pizza. There's so many different kinds of food. I think you should DoorDash yourself something. Really? What, do you th- what should I DoorDash myself? The first thing you thought of you said Asian food. Yeah. Um, you know, it's enough about me. Diamond Tina, it says here you've been in a bunch of car accidents. One time even you crashed into your sister on purpose. Tell Tell me about that. Okay, so I was on, like, a probation with, like, the, like, driver's license, like, department, like, because when you get into, like, car accidents or you get speeding tickets and stuff like that in Utah, you get points, and if you get too many points, you can get your license taken away. Oh, I thought and you so I had gotten, in... oh, I wish, but I had gotten into a car accident, I had hit the back of someone's car, and I got... I don't remember how many points you get till you get your license taken away, but I was like one point away. And then I had got a speeding ticket. And so I had went way over the points 
and I was put on probation instead of getting my license taken away. And with that, I had to like not get any tickets for the whole year. And I was like three or four days away from getting off probation. And my sister had got pulled over and she was on the run. So she used my name and got a speeding ticket on my name. And my mom called me and she's like, hey, Marty just used your name and you got a ticket and everything like that. And I was really angry. So I went to my mom's house because that's where my sister lived. And she wasn't there because my mom told her I was on my way. So I just went and trashed her room because I was mad and I was leaving. And I saw she was like hiding at the corner. And so I pulled up to her car and I said, hey, bitch. And then she ended up driving off. So I was just chasing her around. And she ended up driving back to my mom's house. And at that point, I felt like the only way to kind of get back at her was to hit her car. So she stopped in front of my mom's house and I ended up just hitting the back of her car. And um, I just remember hearing my mom scream, what are you doing? And freaking out and everything like that. And I just felt so validated in that moment. So the revenge served its purpose in making you feel better about yourself. Kind of just, I feel like maybe about the situation because I feel like my sister would always get into trouble, like, with crazy things, but always get away with it. Yeah. And, um... And she betrayed you. My she mom didn't never... your name, which then got you in trouble. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, when I went to the police station to tell them, like, this was the wrong person, they were like, well, you need to bring her in so that we can make a report and everything like that. And so, and so what is, my mom and, and how, 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 how long ago was this? Oh, it was like last year. Okay, and what is your relationship like with your sister now? It's better. She She's not like doing crazy hooligan stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that it's better. And you had gotten a lot of points on your license, you were telling me. What, what, what was it again that you said these points were from? So, like, if you, um, my first points I got was I accidentally crashed into the back of someone's car. And I think I got, like, 49 points for that. And I think you, at 50, you'll get your license taken away. So, when I got my speeding ticket a little, like, a few months later or, like, five months later, um, that's when I was put on probation. What do you think it is that compels you to, to drive so recklessly? I don't know. I even one time was driving home from work and I was driving really fast. And like on these roads, it was kind of like farmland. So you like the roads were like super lonely and they were dotted so you can pass people on them. And I was passing my coworker and ended up like flying off the side of the road and totaled my car. Hmm. I, it kind of sounds like the point but, system is working as it is intended to. Oh, definitely. But it's been a long time since I've crashed a car. Okay, so is there ways to get points? Is there a way to get points um, removed or are points permanent? No, you can get them removed. So like after a year, I think like half of them come off and then you can take like, um, like a safety class kind of and then get the rest taken off. 
Okay. And are you working towards getting the rest of your points removed? I think they have like already all came off because that was like over two years ago. And I haven't done any, I have not pulled over anything since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says you're only 21 years old. I'm 22. My birthday so, was um, on the 17th. Uh, so how long have you been driving for? Since I was 16. Since you were 16. Okay, so you've had a solid five years to rack up a cute amount of points. Yeah. And, okay, moving forward. So, all right, there's a lot of elements here that that I'm kind of interested in hearing about. There's the relationship with your sister, which you are telling me has been mended. Um, there's your reckless driving habits. Have you made active effort to start driving less recklessly? After all these incidents, I feel like I feel like um, I wasn't intentionally trying to drive recklessly, but I feel like I don't speed as much anymore. I still yeah, do, good. just not excessively. Okay, that's good. That's good. Hmm. And your viewpoint on revenge. The fact that the revenge that you tell of in this story made you feel good. Do you think that in the future you will continue to seek vengeance as heavily as you did in that one instance? Um, definitely not. Just because um, there was just a lot more to that, like a lot of more things that happened that caused that revenge. Like my sister has even like burned caught like the middle school we went to she caught it on fire uh she's went on high speed chases she's um been with like stolen cars and she's just always seems to get away with those things and my mom would never punish her either so i feel like in my way that was kind of me punishing her so it was a bit of vigilante justice yes for everybody and your sister, you say, burnt down a middle school. Not like burnt it down, but there was like, um, they called it like the science hall. And she was like lighting the toilet paper on fire for some reason. And it just like caught the other roll on fire and then just the whole bathroom caught on fire. And what is it that is really at the end of the day? fueling your desire to enact this vigilante justice is it a and you say you say it's for the good of everyone so is this necessarily does this have to do with some belief that you have in in law and order does this have to do with you know i i don't i don't know jealousy of your sister's ability to continually evade punishment does it have to do with a a dislike of your sister what is the driving force behind your desire to to restore balance as it seems you you feel as though you are doing i think i just wanted her to stop doing all that crazy stuff and just not like 
be a headache for everybody. Because, like, at that time, my mom wasn't, like, really involved in our lives too much. So, like, I would have to take her to court and take time to take her out to all these programs she had to do. So it was just, like, a pain that I didn't feel like doing anymore. I just wanted her to pull her head out of her ass. Mm-hmm. Have you had an extended conversation with your sister aside from just hitting her car about your desire for her to pull her head out of her ass? Yeah, and that's why I'm saying now, like, our relationship's cool because she finally did that. She started going to school and everything. Um, so, yeah, she's she's finally pulled her head out of her ass. But I don't think it's anything I've said to her or even me crashing into her car. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Is Is there anything else that you want to say before we go, Tina? Um, well, I just want to say my real name is Dominique. I just said Diamond Tina because the last time I got in as a screener, I didn't get through. So I just wanted to have a eye-grabbing name. But I also just wanted to say um, that I love your stream. I've been listening since, like, November or something. I saw you on TikTok, but, and I figured that you would have a podcast on Spotify or something. So I was at work, and I checked you out, and... I've been listening since then. I'm almost all the way caught up. I've started with the old episodes and then worked my way up. But I love your stream. Me and my boyfriend watch it all the time. And I just wanted to say thanks for picking up the phone and talking to me and for doing what you do. Thank you very much, Dominique. I, I, I do really appreciate that. And uh, thank you for sharing your story with us. Have a good one, Gek. You as well. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online option for therapy with video, voice, and texting chat options with a licensed therapist that can be done completely at your own pace and on your own schedule. You don't need to leave your house. You don't need to sit in traffic. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with one of several therapists on the platform. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge until you find one that works for you, and you can communicate with your therapist as often as you want and whenever you feel it's needed. It's never a bad idea to find someone qualified to talk to about your issues and get some guidance on them. Learn to make time for what makes you happy by visiting BetterHelp.com Gecko today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gecko.